I, I guess as an explanation for everyone else, I just told you we got a new router because our other router died. Hooray! Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just. I don't know it messes with my mic even though like nothing's different so right now i have a new mic placement like flipped things around so hopefully it's not that bad i don't know but well i don't know it's been you've had quite the month i've had quite the month i am so ready for september to be over i'm excited that october is here let's get this done <laughs> can you believe this i just realized uh I mean, it's almost almost to the day because I think we recorded a podcast uh, right when I moved into my apartment. It's been about a year now oh. since I've been in, in this apartment, renewed my lease and everything. But even still, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God, it's been a year. Like, it feels like <laughs> a few months. Like, time is just flying. It really has. <clears throat> I, I, I don't know. It feels like, like I graduated a year ago and... Like, I'm over that, actually. And I cannot believe it's been a year already. Holy shit. Even you telling me that, right? Even me just sort of, like, from an ancillary standpoint, like, uh, being aware of your life. Like, holy crap, you only graduated a year ago? That feels like forever ago. (laughs) I know, right? It feels like forever ago. So, yeah, I... Well, I'm so done with this. I'm done with 2018 already, to be honest. I can't wait for this one to be Here we are complaining about, they say that, right? Like, as you get older, you continue to notice that the passage of time gets faster. And, like, we're, you know, we're relatively young and we're complaining about this, right? And, yeah, um, yeah. you know, my mom will say, well, you, you can't believe how I feel, right? And then one time she tells me, um, talking to my grandfather, her father, he goes, <laughs> he goes, grandpa says, and he's, he's, yeah, my grandfather is from Mexico. He says this in Spanish, but he says, basically, he goes, how do you think I feel when I go to bed at night? I roll over two times and, and, I, and it's the morning. It's time to wake up. <laughs> that's how fast, because <laughs> that's how fast time is going by when I go to sleep. Oh, it feels like it's kind of horrifying. It is. And I'm like, oh God. Oh, God. Okay, how do... Okay, Jordan, here's here's the quest for today. How do we link this back to what we're talking about? Oh, that would take more time. We're just going to have to go for the, for the patented split the veil awkward segue and non-segue. <laughs> hey, uh, well, this is your baby, so I'll, I'll let you take over. I'm making you do this. <laughs> um, well, no, we just... We wanted to talk about... I mean, I guess it's a quote-unquote serious topic, but um, I just I just find it to be... Uh, to be a fascinating topic and and maybe one that if it were to be treated with an appropriate amount of balance and also probably an appropriate amount of levity, uh, since there's going to be a lot of self-deprecation on my part <laughs> uh, during this talk, um, we wanted to talk about video game addiction. Um, and uh, that, that, is, that can be a serious topic. Um, it can also be a topic that I'm sure that we're going to tongue-in-cheek poke fun at because both of us have played a lot of Bioware games. <laughs> Yeah. Like a startling amount. A little bit. But yeah, we thought that would be kind of fun to delve into. In particular, if there is a Bioware angle, so to speak, it's, um, you know, you and I are are a perfect case to state that maybe there's something really addictive about Bioware games in particular. Or the other kind of half of that is, is there a particular personality type that is drawn to Bioware games and we just have addictive personalities? Oh, I know I do, so that's done for me. (laughs) So, all right, where do we want to start? Do we want to start with what is gaming addiction, or at least what the, the, not the media, but the ICD calls it, or do you want to start with whatever... That that is kind of where I started my journey of looking into it, and I think you, you may have gotten ahead of me on that front, so I think that's a perfect place to start. All right, well, we'll start there. So, um, as many of you know, in, oh, is it, Late June, I think it was, um, the ICD 
uh, released that they are going to put gaming disorder into their um, files, I guess. I don't know what you would say. So a lot of people don't know who the ICD is in the World Health Organization. Um, a, a quick little summary. Uh, the, the World Health Organization creates something called the ICD, which if I was smart, I can remember what that stands for. It's like International Classification of Diseases or something. I, I forget it. Mm -hmm. But um, it, what it is is just a giant book of literally anything you could be diagnosed with, either mental, physical, literally anything. And it has a listing of what it takes to get that diagnosis. Um, now, fun facts, here in America, at least for psychology, we don't actually use that. So at the moment, we uh, America doesn't have gaming disorder, but we'll get to that in a bit. Hmm. But um, anywhere else that uses the ICD, which is most places, um, they now have the ability to diagnose someone with gaming disorder. So um, at least what I could find, the gaming disorder that they say I'm just the I'm currently reading an article on WebMD because that was the one I liked the best. And they have three different points of how you can get diagnosed with a gaming disorder. Point number one is a pattern of behavior for at least 12 months in which gaming is out of control. Um, based on what I saw in other articles, that means that it's you can't stop. Like, you think to yourself, I need to stop this, and then you just don't. And this mm. happens for at least a year. Yeah. Not like small little patterns, not just a month, for a whole year. When you, want, when you genuinely want to stop, you can't. So point number two, a yeah. pattern of behavior must be shown an increased priority given to gaming to the point that gaming takes precedence over other interests and in daily activities. Um, what the uh, World Health Organization uh, put out a lot was um, instead of like moving or even eating, you choose to game. Um, and then point number three is a continuation or escalation of gaming despite the occurrence of negative consequences or behavior that affects one's relationships, education, or occupation. This, well... The, the uh, um, example they give is this can mean that a teenager may play video games instead of doing homework and end up failing a test. I hate that because everyone kind of does that. But this, this I, I think a better example would be, um, Jordan, let's take you, for example. You decide that you want to play a Mass Effect from start to finish and you just don't go into work at all for yeah. a couple days. You don't call them. You don't do anything. You're just kind of so focused on this. You might not even know that you're doing it. You're just sitting there in front of your computer and you just lose track of time. That's that's kind of what they're going for here. And that's kind of the the main, what they're looking for in a diagnosis. Yeah, that diagnosis criteria seems very reasonable to me. I actually hadn't read mm -hmm. through all of that. And um, I know that in some of the studies that I had looked at, I don't think that they were using that even as, as their criteria, right? Some of the ones that I looked at were sort of, they were polling participants on how much they played weekly or daily. And then the researchers mm -hmm. seemed to set a threshold of some sort that passed a certain mm -hmm. amount of hours, they would have classified that as an addiction, which I found that to be totally spurious um, <laughs> because it's not, well, it's not delving into the key point of what you mentioned was I want to stop and I'm not stopping. I mean, that's gotta be the, the clear uh, definition mm -hmm. I think of most addictions. Yeah. Yeah. So I, what's interesting about this kind of going back to why America doesn't have that, which the reason, okay. So in America we use the DSM, the diagnostic, Manual. I, I forget the name of it, I'll be honest. We just say DSM. DSM. The DSM. <laughs> the DSM. We're on the DSM-5. It came out like... Uh, oh, I, sh I should say, it takes a while for this thing to update. The current one, DSM-5, came out in like... 
2014 maybe it was it was really not that long ago but before mm. then it hadn't updated since like the 90s or something like the previous dsm4 like um uh yeah, there was just a lot of things wrong with it that i'm not even going to go into but anyway um so it, it it took it takes a couple years for this thing to update and uh, the, apparently there was a discussion for the dsm to include this uh, but they, from what I can read, they they couldn't have a consensus on if gaming addiction is its own thing or if it's just, like, an addiction in general. Like, is there a difference between someone who works out too much or who eats too much versus games too much? Or is that all of the same disorder? And that's kind of what they're arguing about now. They recognize that gaming disorder could be a thing. They just don't know if it's the same thing as some other addictions. And that's kind of what they're arguing about right now. Yeah, I think it was maybe, um, is someone addicted necessarily to video games or to, say, computer activity in general? Was that one of the things, mm-hmm. that, or digital digital media, I guess? Um, which is a fair question. Um, but yeah, just when, when you were reading through the criteria, I find that like the 12 month thing, especially, I find that to be, um, pretty forgiving, right? Like, I mean, you could think if somebody was totally ignoring their life for three months to play video games, um, Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't, I wouldn't raise as much protest if if they wanted to say that that classified as an addiction, but to say 12 months, I think, um, I mean, what, what are your thoughts, right? Is that criteria pretty good? I actually I agree with the twelve months. I and I don't think it's actually lenient at all. Because because here's here's my my question. If I see someone ignoring their life completely to pay play video games for three months, my first thought isn't a gaming addiction. Is why are they playing video games for three months? What other disorder is there? Why are they are they depressed? Is something bad happened in their life? So it it's it's then becomes more of a question of what triggered that versus if it's twelve months, it's then it's probably not something it was triggered. That's just what that person has become. Um, I would even say if they said two years, I think that even be maybe a little bit more reasonable. I don't know. Like the th- the thing with diagnosing is that's so hard. Is timing is is such a, a fickle thing. Because <laughs> in three months, what if they just three months and then they stopped and they were fine? Like you know, is that gaming disorder? They just have a gaming disorder for a couple months. So I I don't know. I actually don't mind the the year. Yeah. No. I think I think that's a. <clears throat> That's a really good point that you bring up um, about other things that might be triggered, and I agree with that. Um, I, one of the things that I that I wrote down uh, when I was looking at some of the other studies that I looked at was like when people are just polling about how often people play. Like to me, that's completely. There's no way you can formulate a proper opinion on whether or not someone is addicted just based on that because you're not asking any why questions, right? And like, yeah. and that's and. In my view, what's really key about that is why questions, I mean, this is a very anecdotal sort of layman uh, based on my own experience, but like there's a lot of other addict type people who will answer the why question totally honestly. I mean, alcoholics will tell you why they're drinking. Like, I'm stressed out. My life sucks. I'm trying to block out these things that are painful. You know, sex addicts will tell you, like, I didn't get enough attention from the opposite sex or from the mother or father. But, like, they they actually answer those questions, in my view, startlingly, Mm -hmm. honestly, all the time. And so Mm -hmm. I think you would actually have to ask someone, why are you gaming so much? Why do you game eight hours a day? And they'll probably tell you, you know, what, what the actual underlying root cause, pain, whatever it is. I, I agree, which is why I'm almost hesitant on gaming disorder as a whole, because I feel like a majority of these people just have some some issues to work out. And if that worked out, the gaming thing would just poof away. So I, I, I think that's why I, I kind of agree with how the DSM is doing it more than the ICD. 
but I, I don't know. Like I, I've, I've had clients that have issues with gaming, but it's always stemmed back to something's wrong with their parents. They feel overwhelmed at school. The, the, the only thing that they control is a game and they feel very good at that. Mm-hmm. So it, people need a sense of mastery and gaming is so easily lets you have that. So of course they're going to go towards something that's fairly easy to do and they feel really good at versus something that they're failing at, even if it is better for them. Yeah, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. The appeal of gaming and, you know, so many of these games are designed incredibly well to achieve this, but they give you the right amount of challenge, right? It is relatively easy, but they give you just enough challenge so that you're close enough to a flow state where it feels really good. Mm-hmm. You overcome a challenge, and incrementally the challenge increases, but it's definitely stacked in your favor. You know, most games are stacked in your favor so that you're definitely going to win or complete the game or complete a majority of the missions uh, mm-hmm. that you have an interest in. There's there's actually a very small percentage of gaming that is actually meant to not be beaten by most people, right? Like there might be a new game plus or like certain side missions that are meant to be really difficult, but... Basically, everything in a game is meant for the average player to be able to be victorious in. And so, yeah, I mean, in some sense, that's a really that's a that's a pretty good design uh, choice. But then it's got this other side of it where someone who's not having any successes in their life sort of latches onto this one thing because it's the one place where they feel like I'm progressing. I leveled up, quote unquote. I'm advancing into greater and greater stages of difficulty, even if they're mildly, you know, trivial compared to real life. You're still advancing and you're still winning at something. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And another thing I, uh, I don't know if this is kind of branching off here but um in the apparently there was one main study where they determined all of this um let me scan through this webmd article real quick to find the exact numbers um here it is uh in a 2017 study done in the u.s united kingdom and canada and germany close to 19,000 gamers completed a survey about symptoms of gaming disorder more than 65 percent of participants did not report any symptoms of gaming disorder at all and only 2.4 percent of the sample endorsed at least five of the symptoms needed to be diagnosed so with, with that regard I, I as soon as like the whole in late June we're like oh gaming disorder is going to be a thing in the ICD and everyone's like oh my god that's me chances are no um <laughs> yeah like that it's in about like 19,000 people what's 2.4 percent like maybe like f- almost 400 people roughly like it's it's a really small amount but I I will say um if we want to like compare this 2.4 percent of at least the American population um, that's still like six million people or something like that. Like it's it is a lot of people. It's just it it chances are it's not you. <laughs> Maybe, but it's probably not. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think it's appropriately a small number of people, and I, I think that that's um, yeah. It's kind of like what I said. They're they're setting the bar sufficiently high enough that it's not it's not mm-hmm. encompassing a large number of people. I think it's just a lot of people like us who play Mass Effect 12 times in a row. <laughs> right, we, we, maybe we, but see, that's the thing, right? It's like I play Mass Effect a lot. I've played it, but that's over the course of, you know, a decade since that franchise has been out, right? So I play Mass Effect like once a year, not once a month. 
Uh, and I and I successfully managed to maintain relationships and friendships and have go to work and you know uh, maintain a career in these things. And so I think that's really you can you can do anything a whole lot. I think I guess the addiction factor is if you want to stop and you can't stop and it's starting to take over every other thing of your life. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so then, if well, this is gaming addiction, but what would you call? playing Mass Effect 12 times in the past however many years. <laughs> Being a baller? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, you get multiple insanity runs and, you know, everything unlocked 100% complete. No. Um, I mean, that's a good question, right? What do you call that? Like, I mean, I guess, I guess if I, we'll spin it both two ways, right? The most positive way possible and the most negative way possible. The most positive mm-hmm. way possible is like, I'm just incredibly curious about something that is, at least reasonably speaking, could be argued as a piece of art. And I'm, and it's like, if somebody went to a particular museum and uh, to stare at a sculpture or a painting and they did that once a year or once a month and they spent an hour every time they were there just staring at the same painting and they just couldn't get away from it, someone might like borderline go hey man you're like really obsessed with this painting or if you listen to a song over and over again because the lyrics really speak to you someone might say wow like 12 years really you haven't gotten tired of that song but it probably wouldn't be classified as an addiction it almost well it almost certainly wouldn't be classified as any type of disorder or anything like that it would just be mm-hmm. you are intensely curious about this piece of art and you're looking to extract all of the possible meaning from it that you that you possibly can uh, so there's that element of it, but then there's also the element of the f- of the fact that you know the themes that are inherent in the story and uh, the progression of the characters is also tied into this this character progression, this gameplay factor that has a very short term um, reward mechanism of you know you you defeat this fight, you defeat this mission, but then a slightly longer term of you level up your character how you want to, and there's an element of choice in that. So there's the there's the play aspect of it which is just you can repeat it over and over again and have fun because the mechanisms are well designed and then Mm -hmm. there's the art aspect of it where i'm just continually extracting all the little bits of meaning out of this out of these particular stories to the point where you know you know anyone who's looked at my channel and is familiar with my work can see (laughs) me analyzing the camera movements in the in the scene that introduces the archon or analyzing the the similarities and the differences between the introductive scene of Rex versus Drac and, and Mass Effect 1 and Mass Effect Andromeda respectively and it's like I'm extracting all of the little bits of meaning out of this out of this series and so that's I guess that's the most positive way to look at it the most negative way to look at it is just like I don't know this guy's just bored he doesn't have, <laughs> he doesn't have, he's, he doesn't like new things like he's just a boring guy who, who could eat the same food all the time and watch the same shows and um you know maybe it's just that kind of thing like why doesn't he move on to something different you know he's just a boring guy i guess that's i guess that's the worst way to look at it now you said sorry it's gonna get a bit psychology maybe personal on you here but would you say those things about yourself uh would i say that i'm a boring guy and you eat the same foods and yeah yeah to a a, a certain extent yeah but i i really i'll tell you i'll tell you something i guess personal is that i figured out that that could be really positive for me right wake up Mm -hmm. try wake up at the same time uh, eat the same food, sit in the same chair, work out the same way, go to the same place. Like for me, that's how I actually end up attaining a lot of success or progress. Um, I think there's, there is a certain part of my personality that fights that. Like I like variety and I like novelty a lot. And so I tend to like flit from this and that. So like more novelty and more something that I haven't seen, but 
um, my attention span then becomes shortened. I think it, I think it can get even shorter than it already is if I just keep searching out new novelty. Whereas if I instill a little bit of like discipline, I guess, to say just establish the routine, do it every day, that's generally when the most progress uh, happens for me. So yeah, I would say I can be a, a bit on the boring side. Like I definitely eat the same food. Um, I can't watch shows and that's, that's what's really interesting about games. I don't like to watch movies uh, multiple times more often than not. And I really can't watch like a series multiple times as far as shows. But with games, I think it's the element of choice that gives it that feeling of new but uh, but familiar. See, I completely ag- agree with you for my own life. But I, I would say that that's actually not un- as unusual as you might think it is. Like mm. people need structure especially children yeah like it, it children thrive with a very strict structure uh, schedule so i and i think adults do too like people just are are shown to be able to deal with things better if they wake up at a regular time if they have a pretty regular schedule and if, but if things like get out of whack it really throws some people off it's not just you it's not just me it's a lot of people actually so especially uh, with um people with depression one of the first things you want to do is just get them on a nice little schedule and and even if they don't want to, as long as they keep going forward with that schedule, they actually might just get better mm-hmm. um, just because it, it, it gets them to do something healthy. Yeah. Um, at least that's one of the goals of giving uh, people with depression a, a schedule. Um, but I, I guess going on my side now, I also I, I hate watching movies. I don't really <laughs> like it. I don't know, because I, I, I like that. I, I think for me, um, it almost an, uh, a very equal thing of why I like um, playing Dragon Age so so much is I, I do... I Dragon Age is my comfy game. My, my group of friends, we have this thing that we call comfy games where you just yeah. like... It's kind of late at night. Maybe it's raining and you're just in your pajamas and you have a nice cup of tea and you're like, I don't really want to do anything hard. I just want to feel nice and warm and soft and you pull up the game. And for me, that's Dragon Age because I, I, for the most part, I know exactly what's going to happen. But every once in a while, there'll be that like surprising thing. And I go, oh, surprising thing. How fun. (laughs) Yeah. So in and even however many playthroughs later, I'm still finding those things, and I'm sure you're finding those things in uh, Mass Effect. So I, I and like my friends have various other things. Like what up? I got one guy friend who's into trucking simulators. What the heck even is that? <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, he sits on his computer and with like a little wheel. He has a wheel. Oh, he has and, a like, wheel. He has a wheel, and it's by it's so noisy. By the way, I hate that thing. Anyway, <laughs> and he has got like pedals and shit, and he'll sit there and he'll talk to these truckers, like like not real truckers, but like fake truckers. And it's oh, like no. this MMO with trucking. Oh no, it's an MMO. I thought you were talking like a single player. You're telling me other people are all they're 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 treating it like it's real, like Breaker Breaker Four Two and all the, to each other. Yeah, I. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what game this is. I don't know how it works, but he talks about how he's radioed other people and, like, all this other stuff. I'm like, what type of game is this? Who are you? <laughs> Why would you play? Why not just go be a trucker? <laughs> like, on the one hand, I'm horrified. On the other hand, I'm fascinated. Like, I'm so tempted to try this. Like, you're saying, like, <clears throat> they're actually, like, they're in character. They role play. So if you talk to somebody over, like, Skype or something, you got to do it, like, as a trucker. 
I'm sure some people get that hard into. He he's more jokey. Well, he'll like say something stupid. So at least he's not that far gone. But there are people like that, it, especially with flight sims. Have you seen what they do with flight sims? They'll make like giant cockpits. It's insane. Oh, that's crazy. I know. I we we really got off top. But, but like, <laughs> I think people, I think this is somewhere in the vein of video game addiction somehow. <laughs> uh, maybe because you can spin like uh, for some reason my husband and his friends. I guess uh, the game itself is free, so they they downloaded a flight sim just to play around with it. Mm-hmm. But then like you can buy individual planes, the most expensive ones, like eighty bucks by yeah, the way. Wow. But and, and, but you have you can also buy like joysticks and then like actual. Um, controls for planes that you like mount on your desk with like four different pedals and uh, someone actually ca- one of my friends actually calculated all out like how much would like a reasonable build be and it was like two grand or something like that Whoa. just go into controls for technically free video game it was insane but like people do this because that's their comfy game and this is their little escapism from the real world and like I, I make fun of these people, but I have a channel where I have a whole bunch of yeah, videos yeah. talking about Dragon Age. Who am I to talk? Right. This is weird. <laughs> so. Yeah, the same could be said of me, right? Like I said, where I'm breaking down the goddamn camera angles and everything. I mean, yeah, that that's so interesting. And you talk about the comfy game. To, to put a little contrast on that, I don't know if that's... That totally makes sense to me, and I'll give you an example of what my comfy mm-hmm. game is, but it's not Mass Effect, really. Oh. Every time I play Mass Effect, it's it's not quite like a comfy game. Like, when I sort of gear up for it, like my annual playthrough or whatever, it's more like uh, I, I don't normally chip away at it. Like, I almost play it kind of like how I did when it came out, right? Like, I kind of, like, blow through it pretty pretty fast, like, if, if I have the time, and sometimes I don't, but... If I have the time, like I, I play it pretty intensely and I'm like immersed in it and I'm like thinking about it when I'm not playing it. it. It's weird. It's like I enjoy sort of almost sort of reliving the first playthrough, but it's not reliving the first playthrough because I do things differently. It's like I'm trying to role play it better each time. And I think because I am familiar with the plot, the characters and what's going to happen, I feel like my role play gets more and more satisfying each time I do it. Like I can, mm-hmm. I can add some little wrinkle to my mindset of how I'm thinking about what this version of Shepard is, or et cetera. And it's like the, the role play gets more satisfying each time. But I'm pretty like engaged in it. Um, when you were talking about the comfy game, what I thought of was actually how I am with sports games, like how I am with NBA mm-hmm. 2K. Like I think I mm-hmm. mentioned the other day, like I couldn't, like my brain t- could not get geared up for anything when I was been super busy with work. So I'm like, I'll just play 2K. Because I can, I can play that and be reasonably successful at it. And it's sort of like that. Yeah, I don't want to do anything hard. I just kind of want to like run through some games on 2K. Mm, okay. Okay. Uh, really random. Another great comfy game, Stardew Valley. Mwah, I've heard that. Game. I've heard that from people, yeah. I, I don't know if you're into like... Ugh. It's like harvest. I wouldn't say a farming sim. <laughs> we say farming sim, then we go back to like the flight sim, with the people, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but like Harvest Moon. I don't know if you played Harvest Moon. Anyway, this yeah. is off topic. Yeah, yeah. Now that, that's how I understand Stardew. I've never played it, but I've heard. I, I've always assumed it's like uh, Harvest Moon. It's like Harvest Moon, but it. So I, at least in my mind, Harvest Moon had a really good base, and then it just like. It kept adding things that no one really wanted, and then the people things mm-hmm. that people did want they never did. Stardew Valley is like if if Harvest Moon made the things that people wanted. So, I appreciate that. Anyway, um, uh, where well how where do we where do we go now? I don't know what. Well, to talk about. I was gonna say you know, it it sounds like we're both kind of in agreement about the, the way that we perceive 
potential video game addiction is I think we're both on the thought of what else is contributing to this, right? Mm-hmm. What are the underlying factors? Is it really that playing too many games is a disorder in and of itself? Or is it sort of the manifestation of some other disorder? Is it uh, perhaps a potentially potentially healthy but potentially unhealthy coping mechanism for other stimuli like other problems that may be manifesting in a person's life you know whether Mm -hmm. it's problems you know in family or being bullied at school or it's you know some other stressor is acting upon this person's life and they're using video games as a bit of an escape valve as, as a bit of a way to immerse yourself in something that um you know, could have a positive story, could give you a sense of completion or uh, maybe even self-worth because you're able to complete something uh, at least mildly difficult in a video game. And it could be positive from that sense, but then it could be negative in the sense of you like the relief and the escapism so much, you just start, like, you only want to do that. And then you start completely ignoring um, the other stressors in your life and, and not not taking any time to deal with them. I mean, I kind of feel like we're, we're agreed on, on that aspect of it. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I guess then the, the other question is like, is there, is there some kind of, um, is there some kind of pattern then to the people who are potentially addicted to video games? Like, is, is it a particular type of person or is there, What's the common thread then? Or is it just completely disparate? It could be anything that leads someone to, to play too many video games. Um, I I don't know. See, this is one of those things where like I would feel more comfortable if I knew more research about it, but yeah. I just don't. So that, what I'm about to say is a complete guess. It might be wrong. Um, I would imagine that the people who are really affected by <clears throat> gaming disorder also have... I, I can see two possibilities. Uh, the less complex one is um, people who have gambling disorders, and this is just their version of gambling. Um, it's it's something like uh, kind of like how I mentioned, where like I'll, this is my comfy game, and every once in a while I'll get that one nugget of something new. This it could be some version of that, where they just have like maybe um, uh, let's let's take Rocket League for example. You're really maybe you're bad at Rocket League, but when you win, you're like, all right, I want to go win another. But then you lose it more time. So it's it's almost like a gamble where like you keep trying to win, and even when you won, you're like, well, I want to win another one, and so you keep going, 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 going. So it's, it's 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 in that case, then you wouldn't be diagnosing for a gaming disorder. You would be diagnosing for a gambling disorder. And I, I, another possibility I could see is um, people who just have issues dealing with um their real life and like are really heavy into the escapism and i don't mean like people who do larping and stuff like that but but more like um uh people who are have disassociated from their lives and like just they they sit there and like okay for this next hour i'm not katie i'm inquisitor lavella inquisitor lavellan call me inquisitor lavellan i'm so heartbroken over solace or whatever so it's i think those are the two possibilities that i could see being um more affected by what this gaming disorder is and i also think in a way those two things are kind of gendered even you see more gambling disorders with men and you see more women who have problems with dissociating so that's i don't know interesting fun facts Men are more prone to risk taking and women have stronger, I mean, of course, I'm using generalities here before anybody, (laughs) men are more prone to risk taking and women generally have maybe more inherent empathic um, skills or empathy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's where the dissociative versus, uh, like, say, gambling 
Like that, that yeah. that's immediately what jumps to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, could could totally be. It's it's it's. Um, I w- what I would like to see if gaming disorder really becomes its own thing is that they they find their little niche in between the dissociative thing and the gambling thing. Because if I have someone that comes in and I see more of the dissociation or the gambling, I'm not going to diagnose them with gaming disorder. It would have to be its own little thing. And at least what I'm seeing now, it would it would be a very unique person to have just gaming disorder and not the other two. So I I I, I honestly don't know if DSM's ever going to pick this up. I don't know. Which I should say, like, I obviously have a bias for DSM because this is what I was taught on. I do think in general maybe ICD might even be better because the DSM uh, <laughs> has some, uh, um, what's the word, corruption issues? That's it. Uh, <laughs> we're we're going to discuss that offline, I promise, because I have questions yeah. about that also. Yeah. Um, you know, so I guess another thing to, to kind of look at is... is um, like, what does gaming addiction cause, per se? Or, like, what are some of the other effects that, that might happen if someone is playing too many games? One of the – one study that I did find, um, which I'll I'll send over to you, which I haven't – I have not – again, I did not have nearly as much time to research this as I would have liked thanks to the week I had, so I haven't looked at that study in depth. But it seems to have found that there is not as much of a strong correlation between high levels of gaming and problems with um, attention. Uh, and mm-hmm. being able to focus mm-hmm. in a multivariate analysis when you look at it controlled for like other factors, right? So like family environment and, you know, things at school. Also gender had a lot more to do with predicting attention problems than someone simply playing a lot of video games. Um, so I don't know. I, th- I think that that's interesting to look at too, because I think that's one of the, that's one of the factors. It's like, okay, let's say you are playing a lot of video games. What do people perceive as being a result of that? What are things that are problematic that might arise because of that? What I this is gonna be a small rant that is related, I promise. What I don't get is in the past, however many I probably since video games were a thing, people are so quick to blame video games for violence and then lack of attention and mm-hmm. all sorts of things. And like I, I the research has always flipped flopped on violence in video games. I've kind of I'm of the opinion I think we've even talked about this one time. I've a, of the opinion that violent people play violent video games and therefore skew the data. But that's just me. Um, but I, I think for this right now, I, I, d- did you know one of the most mixed, misdiagnosed things probably in America, this is actually also my opinion, but is ADHD. Oh my God, ADHD is just the worst. There are people with ADHD. It is a real disease. But then you get these people who I, you, you I, I'm harping on teachers now because this is my issue. But mm-hmm. you get teachers all the time. It's like this kid has ADHD. Yeah, he, ha- he cannot come back to the school. I'm not exaggerating. That has been said. He cannot come back to the school unless he's on ADHD meds. And you come in, the kid doesn't have ADHD. He has some trauma or whatever. And yeah, maybe the ADHD meds would work, but. It would do better just to bring the whole family in, or at least just the kid in, to work on it, and the teachers just have to deal with it. And ADHD medications, some of them, I don't know all of them, at least what I've been told, uh, can be really damaging to mm. to children, right. and like their 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 growth and like the, how much they eat. And it, it, all the time you hear parents whose kids go on ADHD medications, like my kid turns into a zombie, and they really do. They just kind of like really hone into things, and it it really affects the boys more than the girls, because just in general, boys are more um, they, they have problems expressing themselves, which would lend more towards ADHD. Which 
Another fun fact, trauma in children, the exact same symptoms as ADHD, which is why it's so commonly misdiagnosed. Anyway, but um, I'm going all over the place because I'm very passionate about ADHD. No, that's, look, that's like, that's really good information. And, and you're not speaking uh, out of ignorance. You're obviously professionally uh, informed and formally educated on these topics. So it's... I- uh, yeah, I, I, yes, I don't mean to rant too much, but I, what I'm trying to get at is I think one of the biggest problems that are affecting our boys of today is the ADHD crisis or whatever. And I feel like a huge part of it is that these kids just aren't able to be kids anymore. And I mean this in regards to the schooling because you, you, kids don't get that much recess time anymore. Like the, there was one mm, school I was working yeah. with, they had 30 minutes for little first graders right are you kidding me that's not a lot at all for like little tiny babies like it's it's crazy like you you want these these kids to sit down and not do anything but write your homework assignment or whatever and they just can't do that i think we're having schools just have uh, just unrealistic expectations on our children and i i, I feel like that's the real cause of this ADHD crisis and not video games. <laughs> well, no, bravo. I, mean, I, I agree with everything you just said. Um, I, I don't I don't have the same standing to, to give statements on this. So I'll, I'll, I'll pose this idea more as a question, right? Because for me, um, I played a lot of sports growing up. And so I was constantly mm-hmm. doing things physically. I mean, you mentioned kind of the recess. I mean, do you think that kids being more sedentary could contribute to that? Like there's, there's just, I mean, for lack of a more sophisticated explanation, like just pent up energy, like they need to go run around some more. Oh, definitely. But then again, that's not the, the it's not, which you could argue like, well, kids are sitting down and playing video games and not doing whatever. Sure. That's fine. But that's not the video games problem. That's the parents problem. Right. Parents need to step up and be like, okay, little Jimmy, you've had your, I don't know, one hour, 30 minutes, whatever you think the kid needs a video game time, go outside. Let's come, come play basketball with me. Doing things with your kids is also so important. Don't just like throw them a ball and say, have fun. That's I'm going right. to go wash my soaps. Yeah. I actually get out there with your kid and be like, play basketball with me, play softball with me. Mm. Like that's, that's so, so important. Or, or at least have them friends, siblings, something like it's, I, I think we're, it, this isn't, I think a video game problem. This is, maybe it's not even a technology problem, but I think it's, I think it's just a society problem where now it's just acceptable. I, see, oh God, sorry, this still just makes me angry. There was this one person <laughs> I saw. Their child had two, two tablets, and when one would die, they would charge that one up and give them the other oh, one. Jesus. <laughs> oh my God, I almost had a fit. Like. <laughs> oh no. And it's not like the kid was abnormal. It's yeah. just they, that's how they thought kids should work because the kid has fun and the kid cries when he doesn't have, let the kid cry. It's not good for him either. Okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm <down. laughs> this is, this is turned into a tablet addiction episode. Is what the hell. But it's not the kids and it's not the tablet. It's the parents who are using it as a way to like check out. And I get it. Parenting's hard. I understand. Yeah. But you, you got to do what's good for your kid. You can't be lazy about it. And I think that's what the problem is anyway yeah take that <laughs> katie drops a <the> mic <laughs> ah! <laughs> uh, okay so so yeah so i think again we're, we're kind of in agreement there as far as um if, if it's an attention thing and again while i haven't delved into this uh study deeply that was that's one study that people can look at um mm-hmm. 
there was another one that was kind of looking at again you know a variety of different factors uh which might uh, contribute to like other like physical health issues they didn't strive they did not find like a strong uh causal link at least between video games and and say other health uh issues compared to other factors mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean I, I guess that's that's the other thing right is what what gets caused by playing too many video games. I think it kind of goes into what we were talking about from the diagnosis standpoint, which is you got to look at, you got to look at way more factors and, and especially so to, to kind of pivot a little bit to the aggression thing, right? For, mm-hmm. for the longest time, that was the big topic is, is what if does playing too many video games cause higher levels of aggression in, in adolescents or in kids or just in adults period. And it's like, how the hell do you reach that conclusion, like, say, with Grand Theft Auto, when the numbers on Grand Theft Auto and the number of people who have played Grand Theft Auto is so huge? Like, it's enormous. More people have played that video game than any other video game in the history of video games. It's like, so if if a particular number of people act violently after playing Grand Theft Auto, it's like, how much does that have to do with the video game versus literally anything else, given the ridiculous number of people that have played Grand Theft Auto who aren't violent. Mm-hmm. I gotta, now I gotta look up the uh, the sales numbers again yeah. of Grand Theft Auto 5 because it's just <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Wait, now, does it have more or less than Skyrim? Because Skyrim, I remember being huge. Yes, yeah, Skyrim is, uh, well, as I've, as I've talked about uh, at times, it's, uh, it's the highest RPG ever. It's like the only RPG in the top 10 of top tel- top selling games of all time. But yeah, Grand Theft Auto mm-hmm. is number one. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's so weird because I, well, maybe it's just the circle of people I know around because I don't know anyone that owns, well, maybe you do, owns Grand Theft Auto V, but I, like, all of my friends have Skyrim. So maybe that's just because I hang out with the RPG crew. I don't know. Yeah, I um, I owned Grand Theft Auto V twice, right? I bought it originally on console and then when they finally did the PC release, um, oh. bought it again. It's the most profitable entertainment product of all time. Wow. Because, I mean, obviously, price point a lot higher, right, than, say, movie tickets. Uh, but, yeah, Grand Theft Auto sold 90 million units, has sold 90 million units, and it's uh, $6 billion in revenue. I This is kind of off topic, but do you think uh, making it on PC last was a marketing ploy? Because you ended up buying twice. How many other people did that, too? Uh, that is, I mean... It, I was going to quickly say 100%. That is th- that is the standing theory because uh, they're doing the exact same thing with Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, I am very hyped for Red Dead Redemption 2. I originally said, fuck those guys. I'm going to wait until the PC version comes out. I can't do it. I'm weak, Katie. I'm a weak, <laughs> stupid. Jordan, <laughs> stupid. Jordan, you're falling for I'm going to buy it on console and then I'm sure I'm going to buy it again on PC because it's just it yeah. looks too good. <laughs> I, I, um, so sure. the, I mean, you probably you got the money for it, the, so whatever. The evidence guess, is, <laughs> yes, that is a marketing ploy because it's working. All right. Um. Okay. What do we do now? <laughs> That's terrible podcasting. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I feel like I said everything I wanted to say on video game addictions, so I don't know what to do now. I agree. We're at 45 minutes. What, what are what are some closing thoughts? I guess let's do closing statements and then we can wrap up. Woof. Um, oh, man, this is going to be a short episode. Okay, so, well, we started off talking about what video game addiction is, and then we started talking about Bioware games. Um, something that 
uh, I, I kind of wanted to say, but I didn't really get to it. Um, I, I feel like... Is it, uh, this is why I'm trying to get into. Video game uh, sub genres that would have more addiction or obsession problems than other genres. Like, I think RPGs might, uh, with that, like, gambling versus dissociation thing, RPGs are going to have way more, like, disassociators than, say, uh, something with loot boxes might have gambling issues, you know? Mm, yeah. Um, so I, I feel like um, what would be really interesting is if the if the people, the researchers knew video games, which I kind of... Uh, Doesn't if, seem like they do, want. yeah. Well, sometimes you do. Sometimes you get that really nerdy researcher who's like really into it, and like that one researcher is, but his team isn't. So there's a lot of errors. And anyway, it's a thing. But um, I, I'm if we if we had like a whole team of just super nerds and sat down, I was like, we're going to calculate. Uh, maybe this exists. I just haven't found it. Um, what genres are more addictive than others? I like. I think WoW, and you, you, we've heard a lot of problems with World of Warcraft. That one's is probably the king of maybe addiction because it has that fantasy element of like the Bioware games with the dissociative, but it also like sort of has, uh, if I know WoW very well, and I don't, um, it sort of has that loot boxing and like drops where like you know you, you you know really good loot and you find the loot and like it also has a show social element so then you have other people that are like minded and you're playing together and like timed events. I I feel like. MMOs and WoW in general, like those are the king of what could become super um, addictive in like a really negative sense. Um, not that pe all, anyone who plays that are all addictive, but I, I feel like those are what people kind of have to look out for. Yeah. So, so actually, so I, maybe we're not quite ready to wrap up because you touched on a couple of things that I think. I mean, you already kind of discussed them, but we, we I feel like we have to kind of raise this question, right? Which is. The thing about genres, which I think you covered, but then you also mentioned like the microtransactions and sort of how that may relate to gambling when it's loot boxes and, and, you know, sort of all of that being factored in. I think the question then to be raised is like, how much of this is intentional? And what is the difference mm -hmm. between the intentionality of the designers versus the publishers? I... I would be, from what I've seen of at least the Bioware devs, and I follow them on Twitter, I would be really surprised if they go out and maliciously design something to be life-ruining. I don't yeah. think that's the design. I would be too. I, I, I think it would be more along the lines of what would be fun to play. And like, like I, I feel like the designers, they think of it as what would be fun to play, what would be hard for me to stop playing, but like in a way that's not bad if you know what i mean yeah. like you're like where you, where you do go to work and you just think about that game all day and that's what they design and like for most of the people that is fine but then the people that would have this natural tendency to get the gaming addiction it really affects them terribly so i i i think it's i don't know what would be interesting if they do find out like what exactly causes gaming disorder and be like oh mechanics that do x y or z are what causes the disorder and if that would actually change how video games are made yeah, well, I mean, I guess part of that is is maybe the loot boxes in some countries having taken steps mm -hmm. against loot boxes. Um, I agree with you that I don't think that designers at Bioware and probably anywhere else set out with any sort of malicious intent. I think when you know when you 
create a song and I'm not a musician, but I think when you create a song, you create it to be catchy. Uh, and, and in addition to being meaningful and everything else. And when you create a movie, you want people to, you want it to be compelling, whether it's a TV show, a movie, a piece of music, you are trying to make it compelling a book. You want it to be a page turner. You want people to want more of it. That that's natural. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, mm-hmm. And you know there are there are there's methodology to that. There's very specific methodology to that. This is a little bit different now in the age of Netflix, but for TV shows for years, you know, you write to commercial breaks, which means you write little kick little cliffhangers uh, planned around commercial breaks to make sure people come back mm-hmm. after the commercial break. I mean, there's little methodology um, interwoven into making something compelling, and I, and I think that that's totally. That's a natural part of making something that is meant to be shared with people is to make it compelling. Mm-hmm. But there's absolutely marketing research and, and companies are absolutely employing people uh, like psychologists and, and various other people to figure out how do we how do we elicit more buying decisions? Um, how do we lower people's inhibitions to buying things and buying multiple times and buying large quantities? I mean, people are companies are absolutely studying the psychology of, of consumers to figure out how to get them to spend as much money as possible. I mean, that, I don't think that that's a controversial statement. And I guess my only concern with video games is that I think, and again, I'm speaking with huge generalities here, but I think probably most designers and developers are a particular type of person, um, a mixture of analytical from your coding people and artistic from your, from your more art side and writers people and, I think sometimes those personality types, when placed into a room with a real, like, effective type A, you know, high, high level executive type person, mm-hmm. that executive can convince them of almost anything. Like, this is, this is really true. Like, I find this when you deal with someone who's a very charismatic leader at a high level of a business, and this can be for tremendous benefit, but also depending on, on the business or the industry, it can be for tremendous harm. Look, they're they're where they're they're almost like politicians. <laughs> it's just like oh, yeah. they they are where they're at for a reason because they can absolutely can they can sell anybody on anything kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And what I'm afraid of with video games and a lot of other industries is there's always a way to phrase something that is potentially harmful or gray area in a way that sounds almost like moral or really like it's like it's a very high caliber thing to be doing when it's actually not (laughs) oh yeah so it's like i I wonder if video games aren't veering towards that like some executive somewhere can frame microtransactions and loot boxes as though you know we're meeting a consumer need and consumers always have a desire for more content and this allows people who don't have time to spend uh grinding on a video game to more quickly access it by just paying like there's a bunch of different ways to frame it where i think the developers might go yeah yeah okay this is just a this is an enhancement to our design um strategy when in reality it is a sort of nefarious marketing tactic Mm. so are you saying uh the charismatic business person basically tricked the devs yeah i think i think maybe and that's kind of insulting to the devs so i don't i don't want to like assert that outright but um well i i i I, I want to at least drive the point. Like, if you've ever been fooled by a salesperson, like, that's not because you're stupid. And, yeah. like, that's what they're good at. That's why they're doing what they're doing. If you get a high-level executive, he's probably really good at it, you know? It, it's 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 not like it's, you know, like, oh, only idiots fall for multi-level marketing schemes. Yeah. 
I really hate multiple level marketing schemes. Anyway, but like no, it like it's it's genuinely like it it they make you feel like it's a good idea and that's just what they do. That's their job. That's why they're good at it. So I yeah, I Yeah. I I guess what I'm saying like I'm sure there's uh, if there's any game devs listening and this has happened to you or whatever, like, it's not because you're stupid, it's not because you're a bad person or anything, like, it's just, uh, that's, that's what these people do! Yeah. <laughs> they do it well! And, and, and it's a tool- <laughs> I'd be tricked. It's a tool set, right? And, like, any tool, it can be used for good or bad. If you're in a leadership position within some company and, you know, you're enacting some sort of change, then invariably you will have resistance that's, let's say, maybe not as grounded in like factual um, disagreement so much as it is just like you're fighting against status quo and people are resistant to change. And so then you would use your skills to um, to get buy-in from people, say, that work with you on on a good change, on a positive thing that people are just resistant to because because that's just that's just how they are. So that's a positive use of that tool set. But realistically, you could use that exact same tool set to convince people of things that maybe aren't necessarily as true or as good. Yeah. Uh, so I, I guess on that level of like, how do, how do we make sure that happens? It's like, well, you need really savvy devs. I mean, to me, I think that's that's the one way to handle that is the people who have technical expertise, even though they may not be inclined to uh, to, to develop their their sort of business savvy or to play the politics within a large organization like they really should. Because that's to their benefit of, of making the most creatively pure thing that they can. Yeah. And that's that's a really hard thing to do. Because then you both have to be good at business and good at design. And, like, those are... Uh, that's, that's, it, it's hard to be good at more than one thing. It really is. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's asking a lot, to be honest. Yeah. And, again, I guess just coming to, the, to what the question I originally proposed. I'm not saying anybody at EA or anyone else. Well, no, look, I don't have... <laughs> look, 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 look. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna cut that part out. <laughs> no, <I'm not. laughs> so somewhere, fucking the EA executives are like, "Hey, <laughs> take, take Wait a put this guy on a list of assholes that we don't like." Um, <laughs> we can't be. Uh, oh, what are they called? There's like EA partners. Influencers? I don't know. What they, I don't know yeah, what I don't know. We're what not getting invited to Bioware. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Um, Sorry, guys. <laughs> No, no, no. Like, I mean, look, as much as I might have some inclination to, to make that sort of, you know, statement uh, from like a surface level analysis, I don't have evidence, right? I don't have real evidence to actually levy, to leverage that assertion. So, you know, without without concrete evidence, you can't say something like that. So I can't say that anyone at EA or another publisher is mm-hmm. is definitely trying to do something nefarious. But I do definitely think that they're trying to get you to buy as much of their product as possible. And they're definitely trying to lower any resistance that you might have to buying as much of their product as possible. And in the course of doing that, like people are human. They may not they may not have set out to do something immoral or or unjust but if you're in if you're driven and your your mission is to get your company to sell as many of its products as possible you might veer down some paths that are not exactly good Mm -hmm. uh and we we should neither assume that they are definitely doing that because that would make us paranoid and rabid which some people are when it comes to companies like ea like all joking aside some people are just (laughs) paranoid and rabid they just they're looking for something to pounce on you mean Reddit gaming? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, but neither should we be certain that they're not doing it because then that makes us naive and culpable. Um, mm-hmm. As consumers, we need to have a balance there where we're we're not assuming that they are doing something nefarious, but we're not certain that they're not. And so we just pay attention and we look out for things. And yeah, some of the loot box stuff, 
I think has been nefarious. And maybe they didn't mean to go down that path in that way, but they did. And people pushed back. And there have actually been some, we've gotten EA to effectively walk back a couple of these things. Sometimes mm-hmm. through boycotts, sometimes through social media. Probably, I think, the legislation aspect in certain countries was, was most impactful. But, um, yeah, if we if we want to, quote-unquote, do our part to make sure that video games aren't, aren't veering any closer to being inherently addictive than they need to, then I think that that's probably part of it, is, is watching out for stuff that's it's really marketing but it starts to seep into design and it starts to actually make the design worse in the sense that it's it's tilted too much towards uh eliciting more buying decisions um yeah i think in a small way people can can kind of help with that and and keeping a lookout for it and calling it out when we see it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but not in the way that our gaming does it because that just gets annoying it's like every other month there's like a ea's making a game again Oh my god! Yeah, even the comments are starting to get like, "All right, we've heard this. Can we get some new content?" Like, <laughs> yeah, it starts to be an echo chamber, and it's what's weird is like people yeah. people start to virtue signal with their hate for EA. Do you know what I mean? Like they're essentially, oh yeah, they're what's it called? Karma mining, not mining, but uh, karma whores. Karma whores, yeah, basically, right? Like yeah. they know an inflammatory EA is the devil comment is going to get you know minimum fifty upvotes or whatever it is, and so like, yeah, mm-hmm. it gets ridiculous. Let's uh, let's have a fun game right now. I'm gonna go over to Reddit or gaming, and just on the front page, <laughs> oh, how many anti EA? Don't do it. Let's see. Uh, God, Reddit's okay. We already us. have like, oh my God. I guess today, the, today the trend is my broken family or my marriage or whatever isn't going so great. So here's my gaming rig. I guess that's today's. Oh boy. Thing I'm a Bob. Um. Oh, there's nothing on the front page. Ooh. Well, darn, I was proven wrong. <laughs> our, our gaming is like, yeah, eat it, split the veil eat podcast. Because <laughs> they listen to us. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would, I, I'm putting this out here. If you are not a subscriber to our gaming, because everyone's, you know, I think when you sign up a Reddit account, you're automatically given it or whatever. But if you frequently post on there, let us know because you must be a rarity because somehow you like Bioware games still, and then you also listen to us two losers on YouTube. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you are a unicorn. Tell me about your life story. Uh, yeah, I'm more on PC gaming these days, but even PC gaming is not entirely free of the I, of the rabidness. Yeah, I really just stick to um, specific game subreddits. Like, I am in love with. Uh, our Dragon Age and Stardew Valley, um, Animal Crossing is now back in the life because that was announced recently. But, um, but yeah, yeah. Well, I think uh, any any closing closing thoughts now on this topic. Oh God, I got nothing. Yeah. Um, I I one of my fears is, and this is every therapist fear fears when they when they want to talk about a disorder. If you're feeling like this, what we described mostly at the front here, describes you, it, the chances are not, like, there. it is there, but, like, go seek help about it. Like, it, the what a disorder is is something that's really affecting your life in a negative way. All disorders have that in common no matter what it is. So if your life is being negatively affected in some way, 
then go tell someone about it. Like I, I would recommend a therapist, but if you really just sometimes just telling like your parents or a good friend or you know a brother or a sister or anything, sometimes even their just support of like every once in a while saying like, hey, are you you actually going to work and not playing video games? Sometimes that helps too. Just a small step. So if uh, just try to get better if that's if that's what you're you're dealing with. But yeah, that's my small. Uh, disclaimer on this, I guess. <laughs> Seek help. It's a good disclaimer. <laughs> I feel like I have to say that every time I, I say something with therapy or whatever. It's a good disclaimer. Um, I'd like to give a disclaimer that uh, I don't know anything. Uh, all my, <laughs> and so all of my opinions should be taken with a grain of salt. Uh, I'm good at talking on the internet. I've been doing that for a very long time. Uh, so I'm good, at, I'm good at giving unqualified opinions on the internet for whatever they're worth. Hopefully you were entertained well, by them. <laughs> uh, well, this is a good point, though. Like, I, I, I've only been doing this for a year, guys. Like, I'm not an expert. Like, I, I have, you know, some educated opinions. But between the two of us, like, this, we're not experts in this at all. Like, if this is something that's really interesting, you go out and read articles. Right. Um, if you're going to go tell your friend about gaming disorder or whatever and, like, how you have it or whatever, don't use the information we gave you. Look towards the articles and actually read towards it and make sure you get good articles. If you're... If you're looking on BuzzFeed for articles, I'm sorry. It's not going to do it. Like, yeah. go to, like, WebMD yep. or Psych Central or something like that. We'll, uh, we'll include, I mean, again, I wish I could have done more, but we'll include some of the links to uh, some of the some of the ones that we did find, I'm sure. And, uh, oh, yeah. you know, be thorough when you, when you do research studies. Make sure you can dig into what the actual uh, parameters of them were as much as you can. This is just general advice when looking at polls or studies. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think, I think why uh, this... Uh, originally came up for me as a topic because I thought it would be interesting to discuss with the sympathetic but hopefully at least somewhat objective lens right we're not mm-hmm. we're not going to judge people too harshly for this but um, you know we're talking about it from the perspective of people who like games and see them as a positive thing but also recognize the potential like anything you can have too much of it uh, oh, yeah. so I, I just hope that this would at least be something that gets people thinking about the topic. You know, maybe we're not, the, well, certainly we're not the be all end all experts of it, but it gets people thinking about it. And like you said, go out and, uh, and research for yourselves and seek help if you need to. Yep. Uh, I think that's a good closing statement. So, uh, with that, Jordan, where can they find you? Uh, people can find me on the exalted March on YouTube. Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter at the exalted March and as well on Instagram at the exalted March, uh, for all of your mildly pretentious <laughs> cinematic, <laughs> cinematic, thematic, and sometimes business breakdown of, uh, of everything Bioware. Uh, and I'm Gilder Thalen on Gilder Thalen on YouTube and Twitter. Uh, Gil or G- uh, Gillanon on Reddit if you want to tell me how all our opinions are wrong. Um, but yeah, guys, with that, d- live healthy. <laughs> that, that can't be our new sign off. Anyway, Dorestorol. <laughs> 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 <laughs>